0: For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Maya Mukherjee. You're listening to Daybreak. Today we covered the Princeton Quantum Institute, new university faculty appointments, Indiana's recent literacy bill, and the collapse of China's Evergrande Group. It's Friday, February 2nd. Princeton boasts a wide range of quantum-related research, including an initiative that links faculty across departments working on the topic. Today, we sat down with news writer Mateo Torres to discuss his piece about the plans for Princeton's Quantum Institute.
1: Hi, my name is Mateo Torres, and I'm a news writer for The Prince.
0: Great. So let's dive into your article. Um, Maybe you could just first summarize the premise.
1: Yeah, in December 2023, the Princeton University Board of Trustees submitted building plans for a new quantum institute for the School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. And this building is the latest in a series of steps the university has taken in order to focus on research and the expansion of the sciences.
0: Okay, great. And then one part of the article that I would love for you to go into more detail about is just the goals of this quantum institute.
1: Yeah, so the university first established the quantum initiative in 2019, and they did so because they anticipated the importance of technological change and how that will influence the university's mission and the importance of technology over time concerning sustainability goals.
0: You can read more about his story at dailyprincetonian.com or at the link in our show notes. In university news, yesterday, the Princeton University Board of Trustees approved six faculty appointments, which include four full-time professors, Joseph Sabotnik, Lydia Lynch, Russell Salazar-Perenas, and Laura Arnold-Liebman. Their work spans from electronic friction research to the history of women in early New York. The board also approved two new assistant professors, Tree Dow and Andrew Moeller, who focus on computer science and ecology and evolutionary biology, respectively. In national news, yesterday Indiana passed a bill that could hold back thousands of third graders who do not pass the standardized literacy test. Republicans who pushed for the bill hope that it will help improve the state's declining literacy rates and student underpreparedness for higher grades. However, the bill remains a contentious issue, as many opponents fear that holding students back will increase the size of classrooms and further strain already sparse resources. Princeton's recent family well-being study did find that early childhood grade retention was generally not associated with any long-term academic outcomes. However, for black students in particular, it did predict long-term exclusionary disciplinary outcomes that contribute to the school-to-prison pipeline. In international news, China's Evergrande Group has been ordered to liquidate by a Hong Kong court. Evergrande was one of the largest property developers in China, where years of improper management and nearly $300 billion in liabilities forced the company into default. The decision comes amidst an ongoing downturn in the Chinese economy, where factors like high youth unemployment rates and a struggling property sector have stalled economic growth. Princeton economics professor Wei Zhang recently published a working paper on China's hybrid economy, where he says, quote, The real estate sector holds particular importance as land sale revenues are a crucial source of funding for local governments. Today, expect cloudy skies and early morning showers, with a high of 44 and a low of 31. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Tendakai Mawo Komatanda, Daniel Jung, and me, sound engineered by Twyla Colburn, and produced under the 148th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Maya Mukherjee. Have a great day.